You are not here by accident. You are here by design. And you are here to find courage in the face of fear, to replace isolation with connection, to push back that feeling of overwhelm, and to start feeling confident. And you know how you're going to do it? By listening to other people's stories. There's no better way to feed your soul and raise your vibration and shift your mindset than to hear the stories of those who have gone before you. I'm your host, Lori Lynn, also known as Her Royal Excitedness, and I invite you to rise and climb. And welcome back to the Rise and Climb podcast with your host, Lori Lynn. I cannot tell you how excited I am today to have a surprise guest with me. I have been trying so hard to get this man on my show, y'all. And here he is, Dr. Myron Golden himself. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Lori Lynn. It is my pleasure to be here. (laughs) Well, I met Myron Golden back in November 2018. And I have been following him, stalking him, reading everything that he's written, published. I've subscribed to his Bible Success Secrets podcast. I've tuned into his Wednesday morning Bible studies. I read um, the book that he gave us at that event, From the Trash Man to the Cash Man, multiple times. Read it to myself, read it to my kids, made it part of our homeschooling journey. Um, After I read it, I was like, you know what? I am going to write that man's next book with him. He just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> and then, well, what do you know? Ta-da! ta-da! <laughs> so now we have this beautiful, isn't this gorgeous, y'all? Boss Moves by Myron Golden, PhD, Business Optimization Success Secrets from a Million Dollar Roundtable. Dollar roundtable. Roo, roo. I, I want the audience to cheer. <laughs> I want people to be yeah, like, we need, we, need, we need sound effects after that, right? I know. <laughs> There you go. Oh, did they play? Did they play? Yeah, I heard it. Okay, good. That's awesome. Good. I used my Rodecaster Pro. I didn't, like, I couldn't hear it, but I'm glad you did. That's good. I did. No, it was fantastic. I don't know if our audience did or not. They might. So our next project that we're working on together is a book called Million Dollar Identity, and it is an anthology. And when I approached Myron about writing a chapter, he was like, Lori, I've got something that I've never shared before. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? (laughs) So Myron, I would love for you to just, you know, open up with this revelation that you had and, you know, how powerful it is. And I'm just going to let you take the stage. Cool. Yeah. So it's really interesting that, first of all, Lori, as you well know, I teach business success secrets from a biblical perspective, right? And I teach financial literacy success secrets from a biblical perspective. So in my perspective, everything that works somehow came from the word, right? And so when I say the word, I'm talking about the Bible. And so interestingly enough, I've been studying the Bible since I was 17 years old and I'm 60 now. So that's at least four years. Right. And I've discovered like probably it was probably 10 years ago now, which is crazy, maybe even longer than that. It might be 12 years ago. I discovered this principle in Genesis chapter one that is like in all of my 60 years of being alive. It's the greatest principle I've ever discovered. Well, recently I discovered a principle inside that principle that I'm going to share um, today on the podcast, but as well as in the anthology on the million dollar identity. And so that is what 
is going to be revolutionary. I think I like, as I think about it, as I explain it to people, and as I think about it some more, like every time I think about this concept, it wakes me up to another level. Right. So, so you let me know when you're ready for me to get started. Cause I'm going to jump on my, my fancy pants whiteboard back there and draw some stuff and explain some stuff. That's so cool. And you are the genius book architect that that takes people's all over the place ideas and puts them in a fashion that it makes it readable and digestible and applicable. So teamwork makes the dream work. That's what I heard. <laughs> Amen to that. So, so I would love before you go there to give mm-hmm. our audience some context. So a lot of the okay. people that we know in like ClickFunnels communities and things like that, sure. you know, we met through OMG back in the day, but a lot of my audience has no clue who you are, even though, you know, if they've been listening to me at all and they're like, oh, Myron Golden, Myron Golden, Myron Golden. Well, they'll, this is Myron Golden, y'all. Like here he, well, I guess he's on this side. Here he is. Yeah, <laughs> he's so, a real person. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah give I'm us a little bit of background. Okay, so I'm the second of seven brothers. I was born to hardworking, poor parents, but they worked hard, taught us to work hard. I've got six brothers who are some of my closest friends in the world. And um, and I say some of because my kids and my wife, you know, we're, we just have a very close-knit family. In fact, Thanksgiving, a week or so ago, we had like 43 people at our house for Thanksgiving. It was great. So when I say we're a close family, I mean we're a close family, right? And so seven brothers, but I was born in a segregated hospital in Tampa, Florida in 1961, and the conditions of that hospital were so poor that I contracted polio before I was a year old. It affected it from the bottom of my left foot all the way up to uh, my left hip. And so I've walked with a brace on my leg my whole life. And I don't tell that story so people can feel sorry for me by any stretch of the imagination. I, I believe wholeheartedly that the things we go through were designed to help us to become who we have to become in order to fulfill our mission. So, so like if I could go do my life all over again, I wouldn't change that aspect of it. And I know that's kind of hard for some people to wrap their mind around, but it is what it is. And so, um, but I, when I was, by the time I was 13 years old, as you know, my left leg was two inches shorter than my right leg. And so the doctor comes to my parents. He says, Mr. And Mrs. Golden, we got an operation. We think it can help your son. We can stretch his leg two inches. And I was a 13 year old with a very vivid imagination. I had seen Gumby and the Fantastic Four. But one thing I knew, I was no doctor, but I knew bones ain't made out of rubber. So I don't know what this joke is talking about. Right. And so he said, what we're going to do is we're going to break the tibia in the middle. We're going to break the fibula at the top of the bottom. We're going to put these screws through his leg, like screws with threads, like the ones that hold your transmission in. Right. Through the big bone in the bottom of his leg, we're going to put in this metal rack that has these knobs on it, that has these sliders. We're going to turn these knobs a half turn a day. And at the end of a month, that bone's going to be stretched two inches. Then they put boards on the outside of those screws to hold them in place, wrapped it up in a cast so the bone could grow back together. And I was in a cast for like six months while the bone grew back. together. It was one of the greatest experiences of my life. And it's such a great story. Right. And so so I had that experience. I'm one of those people who did really well in school all the way through the third grade. And it went downhill from there. Right. And, 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 and a lot of times the school system, which I would like to refer to as the miseducational misdirectional system, a.k.a. government indoctrination camps, child prisons, whatever you want to call them. I believe that they want people to believe that if you don't do well in school, then you're not smart and you can't do well in life. But I, I was smart. I just didn't do well in school because I, d- I don't like redundancy. Number one, when I got something, I got it. Don't tell me again, because if you do now, you're losing me because I'm wondering instead of me listening to what you're saying, I'm wondering why you're saying the same thing again. We already said this. We already did this. Why are we doing this again? Like, I felt like it was a huge waste of time, like literally in the fourth grade. I'm thinking, why are we still doing this? Like, this is annoying. Right. Anyway, 
So fast forward, graduated from high school, second in my class. It was a class of two. My little brother was the valedictorian, went off to college because I was a glutton for punishment, got financial withdrawn every semester, met this beautiful girl, made her a lot of promises, wrote her a lot of poems, finally got her to say I do. We got married, but nobody taught me the marriage math. Here's how the marriage math works. If you're having a hard time taking care of one person financially, it's twice as hard to take care of two people, right? And so that was the marriage math that hadn't caught up with me until after I got married. And I can remember beautiful girl that I made all these promises to. She's eight months pregnant with our first child and our water and electricity are both disconnected at the same time, right? And I was working, but the stuff I was working on wasn't working for me. It was working, but it wasn't working for me, right? Mm-hmm. And more on that later. So Fast forward, I got started in a, I got a job right after my first son was born. I got a job driving a trash truck for $6.25 an hour, $9.50 an hour for overtime, had a business in the evening where I'd go out and sell insurance and investments. But the only caveat to that was I was terrible at sales. I was so terrible at sales, Lori, that literally from the time I got started in October of 1985, it took me 18 months to April of 1987 to make my first sale. I was woefully awful at selling. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, I have to tell you, I've heard you tell that story a uh-huh. long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and I think often how you said people aren't willing to do something long enough, be bad at something long enough to get good at get it. Good how, at long, it. Yeah. how long did you do months. that before you made your first sale? Before I made my first sale, I did it for 18 months. For, 18 I did a lot of presentations. Months. 18 months, presentation after presentation after presentation, no after no after no after no after no. And I didn't know then what I know now that all work works. See, and I said it wasn't working for me, but because it wasn't working for me, it was working on me. If something's not working for you, it's not working for you because it's designed to work on you until you become the kind of person for whom it can work. And so eventually I became the kind of person for whom my work would work. And so so now, you know, I'm a very sought after sales trainer and people pay me hundreds of thousands and sometimes even millions of dollars to teach them how to sell stuff, which is kind of amazing in itself when you consider how terrible I was. But I lasted through the learning curve. Most people quit on the journey because they're so used to microwave, instant drive through everything. And success, it doesn't come in a microwave, doesn't come in a drive through, and it's not instant, right? People say, yeah, Myron, but you were an overnight success. I was, but it was a 14-year night. From the time I got started as an entrepreneur until the time I had my first six-figure year was 14 years. Most people... I'm not going to say most people would have quit. Most people who were on the same journey did quit. And that's why today they're still living Groundhog Day, stuck like Chuck in a pickup truck, and their life hasn't moved forward because they are so allergic to the feeling of stuff not working for them. Ooh, say that again. They're so allergic. Allergic to the feeling of stuff not working for them. I was okay that stuff wasn't working for, even Mm -hmm. though I didn't know to say it this way then. I was okay with stuff not working for me as long as it was working on me because I knew eventually I didn't know that part, but I knew that eventually it would work for me because I wasn't going to stop until it gave in. See, when you're working on something, something's got to give either you give or it gives. And if you give, it don't have to give. But if you refuse to give, it has to give. It's like uh, when I was a little kid, my dad and I, we were working on a car and we were trying to get this rusted bolt off. I said, dad, it's not coming off. He said, oh, it's going to come off. He said, it's going to come off. We have a brain and it don't have a brain. So it's going to come off. I'm like, don't have a brain. I never would have thought of that. Right. And so, so fast forward after I made that first sale, 18 months later, made my first commission check, $125 and 66 cents. Um, Within a couple months, I was the top salesperson in our office. And the reason I became the top salesperson in our office is because I don't get bored with what works. See, so many Mm -hmm. people are so 
addicted to their creative genius that they get bored with what works. My recommendation is this. When you find something that works, don't get bored, get paid. And so once I found that works, I just rinse and repeat, 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 rinse and repeat. So I do the same thing over and over and over again. I'm still doing the same, a lot of the same stuff that I was doing 25 years ago. I just do it in front of more people. And they're like, oh my goodness, I've never seen anything like that. Well, I've seen this so many times right now. It's like, are you seriously? So I've said it so many times. Are you seriously shocked at this, right? Because, because if I were like the average person, I would get bored with it. But it works so well and I get paid so well with it. I just don't allow myself to get bored. That's so, so, good. so that's a little bit of my story. And now Russell Brunson hires me sometimes to sell for him, like to close for him. And some of the top sales trainers, as well as sales gurus in the world have learned from me. Um, if I named people right now, a lot of your audience would know who I'm talking about. They've been trained by me. And if, if somebody went to my website, you'd see clearly who some of these people are. They're cl- and had their best sale. I mean, I'm talking about people who are already making millions of dollars before they met me. After they go through my training, instead of having million dollar years, now they're having million dollar days. Right. So. Wow. So, yeah, that's but that's a little bit about my story. And I've written five books. And two of them are only Kindle books that I used to do network marketing training. So those two, my two network marketing books, training books are Kindle books. One of them's called Line Them Up and Sign Them Up, The Golden Rules to Recruiting and Sponsoring and Network Marketing. And the other one's called Make Lots of Money in MLM. And I don't remember the subtitle. So those books are Kindle books. But every but Trash Man to Cash Man, the book you showed from the Trash Man to the Cash Man, that was my first book. And that book right there is my financial literacy brain in a book. That book is literally why even if I were working at McDonald's, I could become a millionaire off the money I made from working at McDonald's because whether or not you're rich or poor or middle class is not determined by how much money you make, but it's determined by your perspective of the purpose of money. Anyway, so that book right there, um, I wrote Click and Order for Brick and Mortar, Online Strategies for Offline Market Domination. That's my book for like offline businesses to use to grow their business online. So they attract clients online, they convert them offline. And then our newest book that we worked on together, it's just, it's the best book I've ever written by far. Boss Moves, Business Optimization Success Secrets from a Million Dollar Roundtable. It's a, like literally, Lori, and you know this, like I get paid. You know, some people say, I charge $10,000 an hour, but they never charge anybody $10,000. Like I get paid $25,000 per hour for consulting and coaching. Like if you wanted to come spend the day with me and you want to have a VIP day, it's $200,000 for the day, right? And then I'll change your life, right? Well, interestingly enough, that book is literally two hours of me coaching a bunch of high level entrepreneurs at a round table at an event. And I literally gave them my best, absolute best content. Like I've had people in my $155,000 inner circle read this book and say, I can't believe you gave them all that game in that book. Right. That's some of the same stuff you teach up in the inner circle. I know. Like so literally $50,000 worth of coaching, but it saved me a lot of time. And the book is twenty nine ninety five, So it saves me a lot of time because I don't have to coach the people now. And it saves them a lot of money because they don't have to pay me $50,000 for those two hours. So they can just read the book. Pretty stinking cool. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put a little banner at the bottom. Okay. It's like, get the book. Get the book, y'all. Get the book. Get Myron's new book. That book at is fire. Bossmovesbook.com. Yeah, it is. It is fire. I know. And I, yeah, it, I would also say, so for those people who are like, what? You put all that game in that book? The truth is that most people reading this book are not going to uncover the gold that's in here because they're not ready for it. Just mm. like it took you 18 months to make your first sale. 
it might take 18 months of reading this thing every single day and just keep going through it and going through it. I have gone through it more than any other person who has ever sure. gotten this book. And no I still, I'm finding stuff that I'm like, what? How did I miss I, that? How did I miss that? <laughs> right. But I wasn't ready for it. You know, mm. I hadn't yet become the person who could receive the message. Mm. Right? So you don't have to worry real about talk, giving all talk. your goods away. Because most people aren't going to see it anyway. <laughs> They're not. They're not. <laughs> but the ones who need to see it, the ones who are ready to see it, will see it. They'll they'll see they it. See they'll it. find it. And if they're smart, they'll act on it. That part right there. Yep. So, so I'm going to hide this little ticker and I'm going to let you do your magic, work your magic on the, the new thing that I have yet to see you uncover. Every time that you share some measure of revelation, my mind is completely blown. Like you say the simplest things. I'm like, you walk around just dropping proverbs, you know, like they're candy. Okay. <laughs> Let me just like write that I down. Did, I did pattern my business model after King Solomon. It said he he wrote 3000 proverbs and his songs were a thousand and five. So there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, you're so modeling the wisest, wealthiest, wealthiest man who ever lived yeah. for a reason. Right. right? Success right. leaves clues. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, it does. so by I'll the way, before a... you get into that, the first mm -hmm. the thing that for me was the biggest that I think made the biggest impact for me. I remember when you taught it at um, OMG Live November 2018 and you said uh, that we all have a superpower and we just don't access it or we don't know that we have it. And it's anticipation. And so Ex you have yeah, expectation. Right. Yeah. Right. right. And so so expectation is your superpower. And so right. I translated that in my head to, OK, anything I anticipate, you know, I'm going to, to prepare for. So I've got to get my daughter at two thirty. So I'm anticipating having to get her. I have this expectation that I'm going to show up. She's going to walk out of the building. She's going to get in the car. We're going to go home. So right. one of the things that you said was never. And, and this is my paraphrasing, but never give any attention or energy. energy to outcomes, outcomes that you do you not desire. desire. Exactly. And I was like, oh, I could do that. Do you know how many times a day we have stuff come in front of us or fly through our heads that they're outcomes that we don't desire? And I would be like, whoa, all right, no, no, no energy, no attention. No energy goes to outcomes exactly. that I desire. Only the exactly. things I desire. And exactly. I have been singularly focused on outcomes that I desire. And like I said, one it, of those- That changes the game more than anything. I want to write a book with that man. And look what we did. Look what we did, y'all. I wrote a book Boom. with Myron Golden. Come on now. First of many. First of many. First of many. First of many. <laughs> All right. So on the next one, Million Dollar Identity, we are, you know, doing a huge push to USA Today, Wall Street Journal, bestseller. We want to reach as many people as possible. I'm going to let you drop your gold. I'm going to let you have the show. I think I can actually even change the screen so that we can see your screen when you go to your screen even better. Yeah. So, okay, cool. So you, are you ready for me to do that now? I'm ready. If you're ready. Are you ready? I, I stay ready so I don't have to get ready. I heard that. So there's my screen and there's my picture in picture. So now... So what's really interesting, I'm going to show you the greatest principle that I've ever discovered in my life. That's the first thing I'm going to do. And I had somebody try to hack in, into my Gmail today and I didn't let them. No, I'm not going to change my password. I don't want to change my password right now. So I'm going to go. So technology is so goofy, right? So I'm going to share the first principle first. The, this is the greatest discovery that I've ever discovered in my life. And I'm going to change where my picture in picture is so it doesn't have the clock in front of it. There we go. So I'm going to share, share with you, first of all, the greatest discovery that I've ever discovered in my life. 
And I discovered it in Genesis chapter one. And then I'm going to show you the new discovery I discovered from that, which has so much to do with the million dollar identity. And so I'm just going to give it to you really as quickly as I possibly can. In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you the million dollar identity first. I'm going to show you the new part first, and then I'm going to go back and give you the other part of it afterwards, because I think that's the best way for us to do it. So what I've discovered, I think the reason this book is so powerful about the million dollar identity, until you own the million dollar identity, you will never be able to do the million dollar activities. Until you're able to do the million dollar activities, you will never be able to own the million dollars worth of property, whether that property be real estate, whether that property be intellectual property, whatever. You can't become a millionaire. You can't have the result of a million dollars until you do the activity that can earn a million dollars. And you won't be able to do the activity that can earn a million dollars until you own the identity. So understand, first principle you have to understand is this, inputs create outputs. Seems like a simple enough statement, inputs create outputs. So if you wanna change the output for anything, you don't change outputs by putting more energy into attempting to change outputs. That's not how you do it. The only way to change an output is to change the input. If you change the input, the output changes automatically. If you change the seed you plant in the ground, it automatically changes the harvest. So understand that inputs create outputs. And if you desire to change any output in your life, any result, any outcome, you can call it whatever you want to call it, outcome, result, pay off, whatever. If you want to change what you have, you have to change the inputs. So most people get it backwards and that's why they never, it never works for them. Can you imagine if every time you put on your shoes, you, every time you attempted to put on your shoes, you attempted to put your left shoe on your right foot and your right shoe on your left foot. If you did that every time, shoes would never work for you right? Can you imagine if every time you got in your car to drive it, you got in the back seat, reached over the seat and started the car that would never like the, that would never work for you. So what has to happen is you have to wake up to the idea that in order for you to do anything, you have to not just do the right things, but you have to do the right things in the right order. And so because our attention is drawn to what we would like to have, most people put all of their attention on the having. And I am telling you, if you focus on having a better car, house, income, job, relationship, life, if you focus on the having, you're always going to find yourself frustrated and empty at the end of the adventure, whatever that adventure is, right? So attempt to have, and so they say, okay, well, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And then they attempt to do it, and they bump their head on their inability to do it. So they try to have it. They have no opportunity to have it. They try to do it. They have no ability to do it. And then they finally eventually will yield to the thing that is most important, and that is become. You have to be. B is the input for do, which is the output of B. It's the output. B, doing is the output of being. Having is the output of doing. So this is the input for this. This being is the input for doing, and doing is the input for having, and having is the output of doing. So if we just look at that and we go back to the laws of physics. God established a platform for us to operate on from the beginning of time. And that platform is how our lives, our experience of life is governed on planet Earth. And that, that platform is time, space, and matter. So if we are going to operate on this platform, 
time, space, and matter. Like anything that we're going to do that's going to work, it has to work within the boundaries of time, space, and matter. And I know a lot of people don't like the word boundaries. A lot of people don't like the word rules. A lot of people don't like the word laws or principles. But the reality is freedom can only exist inside of boundaries. Like if there are no boundaries, there can be no freedom. What does that mean? Well, can you imagine if your house, if you came home one day and your neighbor's sitting in your chair, eating your ice cream out of your refrigerator? Like, wait, dude, what are you doing? This is my house. Ah, your house, my house, our house, his house, her house. Who cares? It's just a house, right? That's not acceptable to us. The reason we have walls and doors on our house, on our houses, is it is a boundary that says certain things in here I can do that I can't do out there. And certain people are allowed in here. Other people have to stay out there, right? And so freedom exists inside of boundaries. Now, I can go downstairs and sit in any chair in my house. I can go out of my family room upstairs, sit in any chair in my house. But I can't go in my neighbor's house, just walk in the door and sit in his chair, like I might get shot, right? So understand that freedom can only exist inside of boundaries. And so if you're going to do things and you desire for them to work for you, you have to work within the, within the boundaries of how things work. You can't make up your own rules. I mean, you can. You can make up your own rules and be frustrated and try to censor everybody else into following your made-up rules, right? But at the end of the day, you're going to bump your head because you made it up and it doesn't work. Okay, so time, space, and matter. Now, this is the platform. The platform is time, space, and matter, right? Time, space, and matter. On that platform, God set up some parameters. And the parameters are be, do, have. Now, what's really cool about be, do, have is being is for the platform of time. Doing is on the platform of space. And having is on the platform of matter. So the purpose, the reason time exists is so we can, over time, become the person who can do the thing. So the reason space exists is so we have room to do the thing. The reason matter exists is so that we can have the matter as the reward for doing the thing, which was the re and also the reward for becoming the person. So be, do, have. Now, what's really interesting, this is our greatest desire. Having is our greatest desire. God's greatest desire for us is for us to become. The bridge between be and have is do. And you can only do like here's what's really one of the most dis amazing discoveries in my life is the fact that every human being, you, me and everybody we know. We are all right now already doing 100% of everything we can do who we are right now. And if we desire to do more than we do right now and to do more than we've been doing in the past, then we have to become more than we've been being in the past. And then and only then will we ever have more than we've ever had in the past. And I know I'm talking fast, but I think y'all picked up what I just put down. So watch what happens next. It gets really groovy. Being speaks to our identity. So being is the identity piece. Doing speaks to our activity. Our activity pours out of our identity. You will only consistently do those things that are consistent with how you see yourself, with who you see yourself as being, right? So the purpose of like being speaks to our identity, doing speaks to our activity, having speaks to our property. And so what we have to do, what most of us want to focus on, we want to have the Rolls Royce and the Lamborghini and the Bentleys and the mansion on the hill and the big bank account and all that. And we try to do, keyword try, which tries this. Here's what try means. Back door excuse for failure. That's what try is. Try is a backdoor excuse for failure. I'm going to say I'm going to try to do something instead of committing to doing it. Because when I say I'm going to try to do it, if it doesn't work, I can blame it on it instead of taking responsibility for it being me. Right. So identity produces activity. Activity produces property. OK, so here's the kicker. The million dollar identity. That's the name of the book, The Million Dollar Identity. So watch what happens. So Million Dollar Identity. So identity. 
So the identity has, okay, so in physics, and I know I talk about physics a lot, but in physics, there are some laws that govern everything, right? So, so you have to have the law of energy. Everything is energy. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just changes form, right? There's the law of entropy. Anything left to itself tends to move more and more towards disorder. That's why you have to read books. That's why I have to read books because anything left to itself tends to move more and more towards disorder. So if I leave myself to only just doing the things that come naturally, I am over time going to become worse and worse and worse, right? If I don't make my body move, my body deteriorates, right? If I don't exercise, my body deteriorates, right? So over, like I have to allow myself to be acted upon by an outside force. So anything left to itself tends to move more and more towards disorder. That's the second law of thermodynamics. If I don't weed the garden, the weeds take over the garden. If I don't take a bath, I eventually smell very, very bad, right? If you don't like, if you don't brush your teeth, eventually they decay and fall out of your head. Everything has to be maintained and improved because if you're not improving things, then they are automatically deteriorating. It's really interesting to me that because of entropy, going backwards requires no intention. It just requires a lack of intention to go forward, right? Growth, like becoming smaller, withdrawing, becoming weaker, becoming broker, poorer, becoming less, becoming more disconnected requires no effort. It just requires the lack of effort to do the opposite, right? So just like, Lori, let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen a one-sided pancake? No. Have you ever seen a one-sided piece of bread? One-sided piece of bread? One-sided piece of bread. I mean, if my kids have been around, but no. Even if they did take half of it, it it still has two sides. Right. What about a one-sided coin? No. It always no, has two it's sides. not a one-sided coin. Now, you might have a two-headed, like a coin that has the same one with two sides, but it's still got two sides, right? Here's my point. We have to start by understanding it is impossible for anything because of the law of polarity, which is another one of those principles, right? The law of polarity, everything has a positive and a negative for every action. There's an equal action, opposite reaction, right? It is impossible for something good to be in your life without the exact same amount of, quote, bad being in your life, which means it's impossible for something bad to be in your life without the exact same possibility, like the exact same amount of good being in your life. But we as human beings, we get the one we focus on. They're always both there all the time. Are you with me? I am. Like if it's good, if there if you got a good thing in your life, that good thing in your life has a very bad side. Right. You're focused on the good. So that's the part you're cultivating. See, you're becoming an outside force for the part of the thing that you are focused on that's already there anyway. So therefore, that's the part that cultivates. If you're focused on the positive, the positive cultivates and the negative declines. That's how it works. Okay, you're with me. Okay. And I know I get geeked out sometimes. So if you understand that in your identity, there is a gap between my, in my identity, there's a gap because why? Because everything has a positive and a negative and the positive and the negative in the identity gap is called the gap between in our identity is called capacity. What does capacity mean? You can become more than you already are. So the difference between who I am and who I could be is my capacity. That's the capacity gap. How do you fill the capacity gap? You fill the capacity gap with, you fill the capacity gap with intention or intentionality. I'm going to call it that. You fill, you fill the capacity gap with intentionality. Intentionality is how you fill the capacity gap. So in order for you to become more than you've been being, So you can ultimately do more than you've been doing, and then you'll ultimately have more than you've been having. You have to be intentional in order to fill the the identity gap. Everything that you desire in your life that you don't have right now, you don't have it because you don't know who you are. You've not yet discovered like who you really are. 
you think you are who your parents told you you are. And many times they often told you who you're not. You think you are who your teachers told you you are not or who your teachers told you you are, which was more emphasis on who you are not. You're sometimes, maybe it was brothers, maybe it was sisters, maybe it was family members, maybe it was neighbors, maybe it was cousins. Somebody that you looked up to told you who you are and you bought into that identity. And so you're operating based on the identity that somebody told you when you were in third grade that you weren't smart. And so you're going around, well, I can't learn things because I'm not smart. And you're owning the identity that somebody who had, did not have your best interest in mind gave you and you're buying into that identity lie or what one of my friends, uh, Danica, she calls it your lie identity. You're buying into your lie identity instead of your true my identity. Oh, did you see what I did there? Um, and so, so what happens? What happens is you have to be intentional about who you are being all the time. This is going to get good in a minute. Watch what happens next. Well, we said identity produces what? It produces like this is the B. This is the B, right? Well, do this is our activity. So identity is the input for activity. A lot of people don't even realize that their frustration and overwhelm, their frustration and overwhelm is a direct result of not developing themselves into their true identity. That's the most of the frustration you have in your life you have because you don't know who you are. Right. So identity produces activity. Activity also has a gap. What's the gap in your identity? The gap in your it's so fascinating to me that most people have. Like they don't even realize how great they already are and the great things they would be able to do if they only recognized who they were. Right. So the gap, the difference between what you do, your activity and what you could be doing is found in your ability. So the gap in your activity is your ability. And it's so interesting to me that people think that just because they don't currently know how to do a thing, that that means they can't do it. But it doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means you can't do it yet. Why? Because you've not yet developed your identity into the person who can do that activity. So how do you, you fill the identity gap with intentionality? You fill the activity gap with ability. And then what happens last is the having, having, or I, just, I should just put have. So we talked about be, do, have. So have, having is your property, right? These are the things you own. This is your, your net worth, your bank accounts, your art collections, your houses, your cars, your planes, your trains, your automobiles, your relationships, your health. All of these are things that you possess, right? But you possess them as a direct result. You possess them as a direct result of your activity and your as a direct result of your activity and your identity. So the gap between the property that you could have and the property you do have, this is called your opportunity, your opportunity. I get so excited sometimes to start writing stuff too fast. Opportunity. Opportunity is the difference between what you have and the, what you could have. How do you fill that gap? You fill the gap of ability. You fill the gap capacity with intentionality. You fill the gap of activity with intentionality with so but you fill the gap of opportunity you fill the gap of opportunity with intensity i think this was supposed to be potentiality potentiality that's what it was potentiality and so what we have to do what most of us want to focus on we want to have the rolls royce and the lamborghini and the bentley's and the mansion on the hill and the big bank account and all that to your ability and then you add to that intensity and that produces all of your that fills the capacity it fills your potentiality and it fills your opportunity so this is what changes the game for you. This is how you become more than you've been being. So intentionality, what does intentionality mean? It means I'm not haphazard about anything I let go into my mind, and I'm not haphazard about anything I let come out of my mind or out of my mouth. 
I am very intentional. So, Lori, we were talking about the fact earlier, right? We were talking about the fact earlier that I don't allow myself to give any energy to outcomes I desire. What does that mean? That means when it comes to my focus, I'm very intentional, right? Now, I don't give any energy to outcomes I don't desire. Notice I didn't say I don't give outcome energy to outcomes I don't want. I said I don't give en- out energy to outcomes I don't desire. Why did I use the word desire instead of the word want? See, that's, a, that's not a happenstance for me. The, when, I, when you hear me say the word desire, it is because I am intentionally avoiding the word want. You know why? You're going to really love this being a wordy, okay? Because want is a double entendre. It has two meanings, and they're opposite each other. One means, want means can mean lack, or it can also mean desire. Ah. The subconscious mind doesn't Uh always know how to define words. So you have to be intentional about the words you use, or you might be sending the wrong message to your subconscious mind. I can remember when I was like elementary school, really young, and I had to memorize the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, if he's the Lord and he's my shepherd, why don't I want him? I can remember thinking that because I didn't know I shall not want meant I shall not lack, Right. So when I'm talking about desire, I always use the word desire. I don't ever use the word want in the word in the place of desire. Why? Because the word desire is comes from the Latin, the Latin prefix is de, which means of or from. Right. And sire mm-hmm. means father. So the word desire means from the father or of the father. So I like using the word desire. So anyway, just thought I'd throw that out there. Now, why? Love that. So how do we bridge this gap with intentionality, ability and intensity? How do we do that? We bridge the identity gap with mindset. The mindset is the part fills the capacity in our identity, the difference between who we are and who we could be. We fill our potentiality gap with ability. How do we do that? We do that with our skill sets. Our skill set is our ability to do something. It's our proficiency. It's our acuity. It's our ability to look at something, decipher what's wrong with it, and then fix it, right? That's the skill set. And then the property that is a result of using the right tool set. And if you understand what I just said right there, if you take mindset plus skill set plus tool set, what that equals is it equals assets. And that is the million dollar identity. See, the problem with most people is they think they want to become a millionaire. And what they really want to do is they want to have a million dollars. And they're not the same thing. Having the million dollars is the result of becoming a millionaire. Becoming a millionaire is not the result of having a million dollars. So hopefully that's helpful. Wow. Wow. I don't know if that was long enough or too long or okay. It was perfect. <laughs> that was perfect. Cool. Yeah. Cool. My mind is blown. This is one of those things that you've been chewing on for a long time. And it's oh, like yeah. putting a stake in front of me and being like, all right, you know, finish up in Do five minutes. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> like, Give me a bite and then two and then three and let me digest it. Let me, you know, like it's got to like really, I've got to let it simmer. There's so much there's yeah. Right. That's how it hit me. Like, like, what you're experiencing right now. That's how it hit me, Lori. That's how it hit me. I was like, wait, what? 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 Uh, wait, what? Yeah. Like that. Just like that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think it's coincidental. Well, it is coincidental because the two things coincided Inside. like it happened, you know, at the same time. Yeah. But I don't. I don't think that it was uh, unintentional, maybe, that when we started talking on StreamYard in the green room before everyone else showed up and we published live on Facebook, that you had someone try to hack your account and you had to change a password. And I was like, that's Mm. something that I had not really considered 
when it comes to being public, being a public persona, having wealth, and being, you know, having people steal your identity, I kind of all the time you know, they're, they're trying to do it all the time. It's crazy town. Yeah, right. Okay, and that's the flip side, right? You're talking about two sides of the coin, right? Exactly. That's so, the opposite side of that thing that everybody thinks they want. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So you get both sides, whether you like right. it or whether, not. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. there. It's always there. All, always um, all there. But yeah, you're and, and you glance at it. You're like, oh, there you are again. You know, and you're like, okay, I'm going to change a password. Oh, right. it, Instagram imp impersonator, you know, imposter. Shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. And so, you know, it's kind of like pulling weeds in a garden. Like you it's want exactly the garden. It's exactly like pulling weeds in a garden. It's exactly the same thing. That's a great analogy, Lori. Thanks. So. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was really good. That was really good. Yeah. I mean, you get you get the benefits of the garden, but you also get the disadvantages and the disadvantages of being wealthy are things like someone trying to impersonate you, someone who's an imposter, someone who tries to you know swindle people out of money, pretending that they're you or trying to hack your accounts and steal your stuff. And if you don't have anything to steal, don't worry about it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like you're coaching or you. You know, somebody might hear this podcast and say, well, how do I know that this person is not a scam or that person is not a scam? First of all, and I always tell people, think about this. If you're grown and broke, I got here too late to scam you. You've already been scammed. You're grown and broke, right? Like you're grown. You're like 25, 35, 45, 55, 65 and broke. And you're worried about somebody scamming you. We all got here too late. If that was our intention, we got here too late, right? Because the fact is you've already been scammed. You've already bought into a mindset, a skill set, and a tool set that made you believe that it was okay for you to be grown and broke. Anyway. Come on. It's like that story in Matthew chapter 25 when the master, the Lord called his servants to him and he gave one, one talent, one, two talents, and to another, he gave five. Like the one talent, if we did, if it was gold and we did it in today's dollars, that would be worth like $2.4 million. A lot of people are like, I've, I have to go do the research. So like when I, cause when I read the word talent, it just sounds like, it doesn't sound like anything. I'm like, Oh, a couple of quarters. Point. No, no, no. Yeah. This, was, this yeah. was right. This was in today's dollars, like the equivalent of $2.4 million because a talent, like depending on where it was from weighed somewhere between 68 and 74 pounds, there's 16 ounces in a pound. So if you take gold, like if you take seven, one pound, I mean, one, one talent, 70, let's say 72 pounds. Let's say take 72 pounds divided by multiplied times 16 ounces, right? That's going to be, I think, 1100 and something. And then you multiply that times the current price of gold, which is 1700 and something dollars an ounce. Now you're looking at two point something million dollars. That was the person who received one talent. Two talents was like five million. The, ten, the five talents was like 12.5. It's just crazy how much money it was, right? But the one that received five talents put his money in the market and turned it into twice as much. The one that received two put his money in the market, turned it into twice as much. The one that received one, because he was afraid, he buried it in the dirt. Here's what here's the whole crux of that story. Peep, the people who have the least to lose are the most afraid to lose it. And the people who have the most to lose are the least afraid to lose it. Right. That's the thing that separates the haves from that's one of the things that separates the haves from the have nots. Like you can't be afraid to lose what you have because you, you have to use risk management, not risk aversion in your life. If you want to be successful. Anyway, That's so good. That one of the ways that you illustrated that in your boss moves book, which by the way, I'll drop the link again so people can see where to get it. Bossmovesbook.com. Boss um, you said, I would rather have 50% of a watermelon than hundred percent of a grape. Great. That's why I love partnerships. Like, here's the reality, Lori. This book, 
This book is really, really good. It's at least 10 times better because I partnered with you and your partners on it than it would have been had I tried to write it by myself. That's real talk. I'm going to receive that. No, and I believe that. I Yeah. It, like, and, like the work yeah. that you did, the work that you did, the work that Shonda did, the work that Ariel did, like that book, if I had just done everything, see, mo- here, what's really interesting, we talk about the million dollar identity, right? How about this for a million dollar identity? When you recognize that there's more than enough for everybody to have more than enough and there'd still be more than enough left over, you can go through life using the money and loving the people, not using the people and loving the money. And then you can take it to its ultimate extreme and you can use the money to love the people. And when you get there, then you get it. You're not worried about how much it's going to cost you to pay somebody who's great at what they do, who plays at what you work at. You're just going to pay them and be happy you don't have to do it and be happy you found somebody who is as great at what they do as you are at what you do so you can stay in your lane. Like, I don't need to proofread books. I don't need to be an editor. I don't need to be a genius book architect. I just need to, like, think and read and study and teach and come up with these ideas and then share them and then let genius people like you do what you do, right? Most people think that their lack of a result has something to do with something they don't know how to do. But the problem is not that you've not identified how, the problem is that you've not identified who. Even on this book, even on this book, as Jamie and you and who got together say, hey, we need to build this anthology book, right? The whole idea of helping people discover the million dollar identity was not about how can I help people discover their million dollar identity, it was about who can I find to help people identify their million dollar identity. That's the game changer. That's it. Right so there. most of your success questions are who questions, not how questions. So learn to ask who, not how. Mm-hmm. And that's, by the way, is Dan Sullivan's book, Who Not How, which, by the way, he wrote by finding a who who would write the book for him on the concepts of who, not how. So he actually used exactly what he was teaching in the book to write the book. That's so meta. It is. <laughs> it, isn't it though? It's, it's like another it's level. Great. <laughs> I was thinking this morning as I was getting ready that so many people who have these dreams, they're just sort of ethereal, right? But if you know what it is, and then you take the first step, because you you talk about in your Boss Moves book, like it's essentially like you don't get to do the thing like when you figure it out, you take the first step and then you figure it out along the way. So it's like, we have this world where we live in now where everybody has GPS. So when I was, you know, taking road trips with my grandparents, we would map out where we were going and I would look at all of the different roads that we needed to get there. But even then my grandfather who was driving wasn't looking at the roads. I was looking at the roads and I was telling him, okay, pop up, turn right here. Okay, pop up, you're going to turn left there. And then along the way, the who is who can we stop and get gas from? Who can we stop and get food from? Who can we stop and get housing from? It's like, we don't have to, we don't have to provide all of it ourselves. We can find the people along the way to help us get to where we want to be. And just like you said, with the book, like I'm not a design person. You don't want me to design your cover. You don't want me to lay out the book. You don't want me to do the illustrations, but I will take your brilliant ideas and architect those and read them out loud and smooth them out and make sure that someone coming in for the first time ever isn't confused 
And I'm all about respecting the author and making sure that we, you know, we hold true to your voice you and are honoring the reader and not frustrating them with, you know, grammar, punctuation. What, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? Nasty, like, yeah. ah, I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> It's beautiful. But the it does. Thing, it takes it the whole, whole team. Really and that was... It does. There's no such th- with regard to the million dollar identity. And I, I don't know who I heard say this. I think it might have been Laurel Langemeyer. But there's no such thing as self-made millionaires. There are only team made millionaires. It's good. So it's that good. is really good. God said it like this. It is not good for a man to be alone. Imagine if you were the only person on earth. You'd own everything and be able to do absolutely nothing. Because who's going to take the petroleum, get it out of the ground, turn it into gasoline? And who's going to drive the truck to the truck to the gas station? And who's going to pump the gas? And who's like, we think that we have this idea that somehow or another life would be better with fewer people. I've discovered the more people, the more quality people I have in my life, the more quality life I have. That's good. That's so good. Yeah, it kind of is. But I ain't the one that said it. God said it. So he probably knew what he was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) You think? Well, I am honored beyond belief like at being able to partner with you and help to take the ideas that you've been cultivating, cultivating you know for decades 40 some odd years yeah decades yeah. of reading and pouring through scripture and reading other books and taking it all and like creating frameworks that people can you know hang their ideas on and their build identities and, and do activities, activities. Right. so that they can have the, new properties yes like, and oh, so another revelation that I had recently around, because I mean, you are you are my financial mentor. Like you are the oh, person cool. that I have followed for years to help teach me how to be the person oh. that can do the thing and acquire, and the you know, the stuff. The stuff. Yeah. And it's easy for me to kind of float through the world without a lot of stuff. I'm very light when it comes to you talk about being lean in your business. I'm relatively lean in the area of stuff. But what I was thinking when you were talking about money being spiritual, right? And I was thinking about how it's impossible to hoard money. You can't hoard money because it's always in circulation, And if you try to hoard it, just like you were talking about with, I would say neglect, you neglect something and it naturally begins to atrophy. Yes. So even if you have stuff, let's say a big, beautiful home and you don't maintain it, you don't take care of it, it will atrophy and it won't be worth what it was when When you you bought it it in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. So as I'm going through this idea of, okay, money is spiritual, um, it's in circulation. And then I got this report from Grammarly that I had 300,000 words pass through my pipeline in a week. And I was like, mm-hmm. man, what if that were like $300,000? Because I'm not there yet. And we got mm-hmm. on this live and you were like, oh, my money just made me, you know, almost $300,000 today. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Like that. <laughs> We're just like hanging out, talking on the live, and you're like, "Oh, let me just." Yeah, and we actually crossed over three hundred thousand today. Like my money made me more than three hundred thousand dollars today, which is crazy. But how cool like, is that? When you say when you say that to other people, you like your money. No, my money made me more than three hundred thousand dollars today because I take screenshots right. in the morning and I take screenshots at night, and if the account just the accounts multiple accounts they just grow. It's crazy. Like yeah. they don't grow like they don't grow by that much every day. But like yesterday was Cyber Monday, so I had to like do something, and it wasn't even a sale. Mm-hmm. It was just understanding how to make my money work using my mind and my money in concert with the highest level of value, the resource you use at that highest level, your mind and your money. Well, that's what we're talking about. But you've become the person who can manage the money. And so I was thinking about it in terms of, so I was talking to Ariel 
who did a lot mm-hmm. of the design work and you know she's also brilliant genius and she is um, indeed oh my word that woman like she for anyone listening she's an inventor like come on how many inventors do you know she's, an, um, she's, a, she's, she's more of a renaissance how, woman she is she's like a, yeah she's i mean yeah, she can do anything yeah, yeah exactly no. like literally like how do you know like at first she would tell me oh you just do this this like you're too young to know that much stuff you can't know that much. <laughs> too, early. too soon anyway no. I know she's younger than me. Jimmy, <laughs> like, right? younger than me, though. So, yeah, yeah, I know. Like, and she's right. even younger than I am. So, right. um, yeah. but yeah, I was thinking about money, and I was talking to her about it, and she said something about finances be equating to like nutrition, and how if we have some sort of block, it, she, you know, made all these amazing connections. So then I start thinking about money and nutrition, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have words coming through my pipeline, but Olympic athletes have to consume thousands and thousands and thousands of calories because they have become the person who burns through those calories and has to Mm. have that much flow through them. And so if you're the person, Myron Golden, who has all of these people who, you know, want your resources and you're teaching and you're talking and you're traveling and you're bringing more people on and you're growing and growing and growing, you have to have more coming in in order to have enough, not only for yourself, but also for everyone around you to flow out. So it just becomes, again, the circulation thing where you've got flow. And it just, ah! (laughs) It's quite amazing. Quite amazing, (laughs) indeed. And for good reason, because these are exciting times and these are exciting concepts. And I also have to say real quick, when we were at OMG Live back, you know, November 2018, Mm-hmm. You said something like, you know, some of your family members, as you were talking about SEO, are going to think that, you know, oh, this is a get rich quick scheme. And you were like, well, you better hope it is because <laughs> you don't want to be here long enough to get rich slow. You ain't going to be here long enough to get rich slow. So you better hope it's a get rich quick scheme. <laughs> or stay poor for a long time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, you got two choices. Get rich quick or stay broke for the rest of your life. Pick one. Right. Sign yeah, me up for yeah. the get rich quick. In fact, thank you. One of the principles I think I shared it in boss moves. If not, I should have. Wealth has a need for speed. Wealth is measured more in time than it is in money. Right? People think wealth is measured in time and money, but it's not. If you make a million dollars, are you rich? The answer is it depends. What does it depend on? How long did it take you to make it? If you make twenty five thousand dollars a year for forty years, you made a million dollars, but you're not rich. Why? It took you too long. But if you make the same amount of money, a million dollars in one year, now you're rich. Why? Because you made it 40 times faster than the other guy. Not because you made 40 times more. You made the same amount 40 times faster. Speed up the rate at which you earn income. Speed up the rate at which your business generates revenue. How do you do that? You shorten the gestation period between seed time and harvest time. Anyway, that's another conversation for a different day. I know. It's so good. Like all these nuggets, you know, it's like, again, Proverbs, you're just dropping Proverbs left and right. And it's so like, anyone like literally we, we yesterday. Today's Tuesday, right? Today's Tuesday. So yesterday I put on some trades yesterday morning that I got out of today and I'm up over $300,000 in one day, in one day without having a Black Friday sale, without having to make a sale to somebody. See, people think I'm just saying, I don't sell things because I need the money. I don't need the money. I don't need, like, I don't need to ever sell anything to anybody else ever in my life. I can make three or $400,000 a week, or at least like on a bad week, $50,000, right? If I, just with my money making money, I don't have to go and sell stuff and teach stuff and write books and do all this stuff. I don't, this is my mission. 
I do this so you can be free. I don't sell stuff so I can be free. I'm already free. So anyway, that's my rant. I'm sticking with it. So I'm Myron, and that's Myron's my rant. Right, and right. <laughs> and it's gold, Mr. Golden. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So as you know, Lori, I've got a dentist appointment. This has been such yeah, a fun conversation. Sure I know. It's, I know. I'm going to put the ticker up one more time. You guys get Myron's book. Just go buy it. Bossmovesbook.com. It really is absolute gold. And it's I would encourage level. you to listen to this again, like on the go, just as you go, just listen to it and let it kind of marinate and get those principles in you because they will become a part of the fabric of your life. And then before you know mm -hmm. it, and again, you know, the warp and the weave, like you'll have the two sides of the coin where you become exactly. the person who can exactly. do the thing and, <laughs> and then, then you will have, have the stuff <laughs> that you're, you know, wanting to go after. So ah, I just want to applaud you. Thank you. Thank you thank, thank you, you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I'm receiving for that. I'm receiving that. Re yeah, you know, really. I really appreciate you so much. Like you are not only impacting your own generations after you, but also generations of like my kids and their kids mm. and their kids' kids. Like it's mm. not just you. Like it, your impact, like the ripple effect, is just going on and on and on and on. Yeah. And I genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you. Thank you. Wow, my pleasure. I am thankful for the opportunity to be on this assignment. Well, you're doing an amazing job. We love Thank you. you. Thank and you. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll catch up as we're working on the next book, Million Dollar Identity. Indeed. Indeed, we shall. I'm going to call Jamie. I got to call my son back first. Then I'm going to call Jamie and we'll go from there. Lori, always a pleasure. Have a great rest of your Thank day. You too. Thank All you right. so much. Peace right. out, y'all. Peace See out, Cub Scout. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. If you thought of someone while you're listening to this episode, would you send it to them? Just let them know you were thinking about them or that they came to mind and make that connection. If you would take a minute to rate and review my show, that would mean the world to me. And let me know about topics that you want us to cover in future episodes. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe. What are you waiting for? Go hit the subscribe button right now. <laughs> I'll see you next time. Mwah.